don't love your books as much as I do. <laughs> Low blow. Welcome to He Read, She Read, the podcast where a couple of married bookworms discuss what they're reading and learning. Today we're discussing bookworm pet peeves. I'm Curtis. And I'm Chelsea. Before we start ranting about deckled edges, which I will rant about, we have a listener question from Jen. And Jen reached out to us on Instagram. You can do this too. Just send us a question via direct message at he read, she read on Instagram. Jen asked... How can I encourage my husband to read more with me? Not necessarily the same book, but like reading together. By the time he gets home from work, he's tired of paper and reading and analysis. I love the togetherness of reading together, but we often end up either watching TV to satisfy him or in separate rooms with me reading in another. I'd love to hear your advice. I feel this. (laughs) Well, Jen sounds like it's more the quality time aspect of being together and reading, which you're very familiar with as one of your love languages. Yes, I get the desiring quality time thing. But I also totally understand the plight of her husband, where if you are reading and analyzing and looking at a lot of paper for work, you don't necessarily want to do that when you come home. No, because you're tired after the end of the day. Yeah, and like the brain is a muscle and you can definitely wear it out. So we have a couple of recommendations that Jen can try. Um, My first idea is to set a weekend reading date and make it a special event. So um, whether that means like picking out a coffee shop where they have a comfy couch where you can both sit and read or making a space at home for it. Maybe doing that on the weekend will give him enough distance from work and from paper that he'll feel refreshed and ready to read. I'm in favor of that one, mainly because if she brings up that it's about the quality time and the togetherness, that'll encourage her husband to be like, yeah, you know what, this is something that we can do together. Um, Our other idea was listening to an audiobook together because there's something about listening to an audiobook Even though it's the same process that your brain's doing while reading, your eyes aren't getting tired, you're not looking at the words on a page, you're being entertained by someone's voice, that might be better. For someone that's tired of paper and the analytical side after work, audiobooks are a good way to accomplish that, where they can both be involved in the story. The tough part would be then they have to select an audiobook that they might both enjoy, but... We do this often, even if it's just like a 15-minute trip down the road. If we're listening to an audiobook together, we'll put the audiobook on the car while we're folding laundry together, cleaning up the kitchen after dinner, doing meal prep together. Audiobooks are a great way to get that reading time in. So that's another option. On the subject of audiobooks, uh, we're going to do our first ad sponsorship for the podcast. And in book fashion, it's Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash hereadsheread and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title for free 
and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audible.com slash he read she read to get started today. We both used Audible and love downloading brand new well-produced audiobooks for road trips and commutes back and forth to work. The perfect mix of a great narrator, immersive plot, and the charismatic characters is something that we are looking for in our audiobooks. And we've talked on the podcast about how much we love the Lady Hardcastle mysteries, Cormoran Strike series, and The Hate You Give, all of which are amazing on audio, and you can download one of these for free today. Download your free audiobook today going to audibletrial.com slash he read she read. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash he read she read for your free audiobook. Audiobooks are great. Audible is amazing. But today we're talking about the things that really irritate us. Not the things that make our reading life better, but the things that make us want to cringe or rage or make our skin crawl. We're talking about pet peeves today. I don't know what it is about readers, but there's a select few of us out there, myself being a large contributor to this list, (laughs) that there's things related to like our books that are in our collections or just bookstore behavior that just make us cringe. There's when you put the feelers out on Instagram to see if people had their own pet peeves and mm-hmm. wanted to share them with the podcast. Some of them I felt kindred spirits with because I have the same concerns. I think anytime that you're passionate about something and you love something, there's another side of that. It's easier to get under your skin about something that you love. So I consider more of my book pet peeves dealing with physical books because I am a collector and I like my books to look a certain way. So I have more of a, like a physical pet You're peeve. very like tactile. Right. But then you were getting a lot of submissions related to reading behaviors. Do you want to start there with some of the things that you were yeah. getting? Let's start with the behaviors. So <laughs> the first one, I think this is probably a lot of people can relate to, is being interrupted while reading. When you're just right in the flow and you've got pages under your belt and then all of a sudden something happens that will pull you away. Yeah. I hate that. Every now and then you try and interrupt me while reading, but usually it's like you don't realize that I'm reading. So I've got my nose in a book and I'm like mid-paragraph or something and you try and ask me something and I'm like, uh, uh, like I can't even talk. I just like don't even look up. I just give you the hand. And you're like, oh, I'm sorry. I'll wait. Like, sometimes I'll say again, and then I'll just look over at you and like, oh, I'm sorry. You're completely in a different world right now. Yep. I'm the kind of person that has to get to the end of a paragraph or the end of a chapter before I address anything else. So I can't just stop. But yeah, being interrupted while reading is super annoying. Okay, the next one on the list is spoilers when people ruin a book for you like oh i see that you're reading that did you get to the part where (laughs) no i did not i feel like this only happened to me in high school when i was reading the harry potter books because people logically assumed that i may have might have been on a second time through and were like oh did you get to part with blah 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 and i had to just cut them off at that point yeah but Nowadays, I don't really feel like people spoil books for me. It's like learning please and thank you. You learn not to spoil stuff. I think Game of Thrones did that to us. Maybe. Where you had the, well, even there you have the 24-hour rule that Aaron Rodgers talks about. So if you're beyond, <laughs> Explain that. If you're beyond the 24-hour rule, you're allowed to talk about it. Like, because people will be expected to have seen it the following day if they did not watch it the first day it came out. Yeah. So, like, whenever he's on a show and people ask him about Game of Thrones because he's a known fan, if it's within the 24-hour rule, he'd be like, look, man, yeah, I can't talk about it. We're within that rule. People might not have seen it. So, 24 hours makes sense for TV, but what time limit would you apply for books? 
I don't think there really is this defined term for how long people would be expected to know about a book. Yeah, I guess a lot of that depends on if the book is adapted to television or movie because that means more people will be viewing or reading or consuming that text compared to like just strictly reading books. Everybody's on their own schedule and timeline. True. Um, These next two I came up with, and I'm just going to call them library behavior in bookstores because when I'm buying books... I don't know, I kind of want there to be just like, I'm on a mission when I'm in a bookstore. I don't need to be stepping over people that are sitting on the floor reading. Or like another thing that gets me is you're in a bookstore, why are you whispering? It's To respect the books. But it's not a library. Like it's, But there are books there. But it's a store. Like if I'm talking, I would talk at a normal volume in a bookstore and I get dirty looks from people and that are whispering. Because the books. It, books are not such a thing that they have a reverence and you need to whisper around them. They are though. I will I will let that happen in a library. I refuse to let that happen in okay, a bookstore. Okay, but here's the thing. A lot of the people who are walking around the bookstore are introverts. By nature of the reading life, a lot of us are introverted. Not all of us, but a lot. Or at least enjoy quiet time. Because if you read, typically you like to have some peace and quiet. So the whole entire atmosphere of a bookstore being more of a whispering, like, soothing place matches that more than, like, feeling like you're in a library. Okay. I think. I'd buy that for a dollar, but where do you sit on the, (laughs) uh, sitting on a floor of a bookstore reading? fine i how i know if i'm looking at through a shelf i shouldn't be expected to step over you because you have found your place i wouldn't expect you to step over me i would find a corner where i'm not going to be in the way so you personally so you haven't run into this scenario where somebody just picks a spot in the middle of this row finds a book sit plops down and no, then that seems move. rude and that's it. like when you're shoe shopping and someone's like Oh, ignore these benches. I'm just going to try on these shoes right in the middle here. See, now you understand my pain. I get that, but I also don't think that's a very common thing. Okay. How often have you had to step over someone at the bookstore? It's happened enough that it bothers me, and then I remember it. So maybe I feel t- like it probably happened like twice. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's all it takes. Like, bookstore pet peeves can just stick in your head for something that happened like once or twice. Does it bother you is it just the like having to move around someone and navigate around people at the bookstore or does it bother you if they like take the book off the bookshelf and go and sit in one of the chairs and sit and read it in the bookstore i don't care about chair behavior sitting down like if i was in a so it's not that they're reading this book that maybe they won't even buy it's that they're in my way and they need to get (laughs) you're such an aggressive bookworm hey when i'm scanning the shelves and looking for what i want I should not be hindered by shushes or people sitting down. Like, would you prefer that people, like, are able to shout across the aisles? No, but normal store behavior as opposed to it being library-like. It's a bookstore. It's not a library. It's a special store. We disagree on this. All right, fine. We can move on. Actually, this next one is from you as well. (laughs) I don't know whether it's the sound or the image, but I don't like when people lick their finger and then turn a page. I think there's something endearing about it. Explain yourself. I think of like story time. The librarians would always like lick their finger and turn the page of the picture book because you, it's like easier to turn the page or something. I don't even know why. It's just like a behavior that I automatically associate with 
librarians or shopkeepers reading for story time or like kindergarten teachers holding the book up and licking their finger to turn the page. What did bother me was I have had teachers if they're like handing out worksheets or something and they lick those and I don't want your germs on it. But if they're licking their finger to like just turn the page of a book for some reason, it doesn't really bother me that much. It's just something that gets under my skin, whether it's the sound that they're making or the the image of them just licking dirty pages and then turning them. I just don't like it. So you've never licked your finger to turn a page because it was difficult. Never have I ever. Wow. All right. Well, this last one for bookworm behaviors is really just plain old annoying. Borrowing books and never giving them back to the owner. I have lent books out on multiple occasions and never gotten them back. Well, I I think that's what it means. Like the phrasing is different, but like it's annoying as a bookworm who loves owning books to not get a book back. I can list for you every book that I have lent out that I have still yet to receive. Please do. Uh, I have two books that I gave to my cousin on SEAL training when he was convinced that he was going to join the Navy, which he never did. That (laughs) you sound so bitter. Well, it's it's one of, like they come up to me and they're like, Curtis, do you have any books out of your you know collection that you built over years and years that would help me in this endeavor? And I'm like, yeah, bro. So I give him these two books that would help him in that regard. Um, and then just never got him back. And then he didn't even join the Navy. So If he did, would you feel a little bit better about yeah, it? Yeah, because then he would have at least applied the knowledge. But now it's just like, yeah, I have these books. and Do you think he even read them? I hope so. If not, I'll be... <laughs> Okay, what are some of the other books that you loaned out and never got back? Uh, David Baldacci's Simple Genius, which was the uh, King and Maxwell series that I've already mentioned. Gave it to my mother, who gave it to one of her friends in her book club, <laughs> and then I never got it back. And this this also ties into a one of our other pet peeves that's upcoming, but it was a hardcover book. And then when I was trying to rebuy the book to in, get my collection back, I could only find the paperback. And... I have to have all hardcovers if I have previously all hardcovers in the series because they look good in the shelf. They all have to match. Exactly. So if they're up on the shelf and hardcover, 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 paperback, (laughs) that just irks me (laughs) because it doesn't look too good on the shelf and then the completionist series in me just can't have it. So we call that a twofer. So that's a book that I never got back. And then when I had to replace it, I could only find paperback, which just drove me up a wall. I am guilty of keeping some books and not giving them back. But not from people, but from school. Okay, I feel like (laughs) that's accepted. That's accepted behavior because... I mean, I wouldn't encourage it. No, but I feel like that's better than taking it from a person is like if you take it from an institution it's on a larger scale and you can justify it (laughs) but somebody has my books (laughs) and at this point i don't want them back i just need to hold on to this bitterness you just like having the grudge yeah just i have to hold that close against my heart oh man but i've already mentioned that if i own a hardcover in the series they all have to be the same And if I mix in a paperback in there, it drives me nuts up a wall. Would you say that goes the same for like, does it just have to be hardcover or paperback or the same editions, like the same cover style for all hardcover or paperback? I'm not really into style for covers until recently. Because I like when they all look the same. Like I do, I'm with you. Like it's nice to have them all in paperback or all in hardcover because it's just easier to shelve them and Mm -hmm. like organize them like that 
but I also like if they look similar and have a similar aesthetic. Not as big of a deal for me, but I can see where you're coming from. So that doesn't bother you? No. It bugs me a little bit. And I'm not the same where I need to have all of the same published like publisher of a series. Like that's something I might go back and do down the line if I'm trying to improve my collection. Mm-hmm. Like for um, like the Dark Tower books by Stephen King, there's some editions that have illustrations and look good together. So I'm slowly accumulating those, but I don't have them all. Yeah, that's definitely more of a collector thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, now this one has gotten us in trouble with each other before this is my number one pet peeve of all time out of all of your pet peeves or just out of book pet peeves out of all of my pet peeves this is number one it's when the binding is broken on books especially paperback paperbacks like are the worst offenders because you can't can you really break the binding of a hardcover um i guess so i've never seen it not really i've only ever seen it on paperbacks yeah and it drives me nuts So that would be like if people are having a hard time picturing what we're talking about. You're reading a paperback. You get to the middle of the book. It's hard to read because it's a thick paperback. You like crack open the spine so that it lays flat. (laughs) You look so like irritated already. And then if you look at the side, there are like white lines running down the side because it shows where the cracks in the spine are. And there's people that will immediately upon receiving the book will crack it right in the middle to like break it open yeah and they and, like that feeling yeah, yeah. i it, if i even do it on accident it's like the book is spoiled for me oh my goodness that's so dramatic i'm not being dramatic though it's it comes from looking at my collection up on the shelf and if there's like and they have to be perfect they have to be or at least made every attempt like there's some <laughs> books on there that i bought secondhand sure. or were handed down from like my great uncle's that are, have been broken, but that's because they're you know 30 years old and I didn't do it. So it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> uh, but I will do my damnedest to make sure that all of my books that I have purchased do not have any crack spines. Which in turn means that if I'm borrowing one of your books... You better not crack any of my spines. I have to be so careful when reading. And it doesn't bother me to have cracked spines, but... Because of you, I'm very careful about it. I think there's been moments where you're reading a soft cover book of mine and just had it lay flat on a table. Mm-hmm. And I'll just be like, you can pick that up. That's, that's how you get crack spines. Yeah. You're like, um, bookmark, please. Hello. And I'm like, it's fine. And you're adamant about it. Yeah. It's the most annoying thing for me about books. I wonder if that's why you don't like going to the library. It probably extends that far but if people can't determine that at this point i'm a collector i like my books to be a certain way and i like them to look good so if they're going to be up on the shelf and they're soft cover i want to be able to read and look at the binding because yeah. the binding tells a good story like remember those cormoran strike books that we like the bindings but the front covers don't look really good oh those are the um tv adaptation covers yeah so anytime that books become a t- like a television series or a movie, typically to make more money is basically what it boils down to. It's all marketing. They will redo the covers of the books and put the actors' faces on them or redo them in such a way that it's like the movie poster instead of the original cover. So we saw these in the bookstore and the bindings of them are really cool. So cool. And we were like, ooh, all of the paperbacks of Cormoran Strike. Yeah, we should get them. And then 
we pull them out and movie covers. Yeah. Which really bothers me. That's a pet peeve of mine. Is the movie covers additions? Yes. And it's not like I don't think they should exist because I think, great, if it's better for marketing, awesome. If it's going to get someone to read a book who otherwise might not have, but they recognize that actor and they're like, hey, I want to pick that up, great. But for me personally, I don't want to own those. I don't even like reading them. I like having the original cover. For some reason, the movie covers just like really bother me. That one I don't really understand. Mainly because I can see the first point that you made that it's going to be a whole new generation of people that wouldn't have been introduced to it without the movie or the TV adaptation. Like we were at Target and we saw the John Krasinski, Tom Clancy books. People are going to pick that up and read The Hunt for Red October that would have never read it if it was the original cover. Yeah. I'm fine with that too. I'm fine with that for other people, but I don't want to. So for your collections, you'd prefer to have the originals. I prefer to have the originals, but I also like, I prefer to read it. Like if I'm borrowing it from the library, I don't want to borrow the one with the movie cover. I I don't know why. I'm just, I'm looking at you and hope you realize that you're just like me. Let's not go that far. It's the little things, but it's deep down. You're just like me. (laughs) You don't have to admit it to yourself, but the people out there. I am not as picky as you are about books. You don't love your books as much as I do. <laughs> Low blow. I'm just putting it out there. I can't believe you went there. <laughs> okay, what are some other uh, physical things about books that bother you? Okay, so we had one person send us a message that said that she hates hardcover books and wishes that they would release a paperback edition right away with the hardcover because she refuses to read the hardcover copy and will be forced to wait until the paperback comes out. I don't understand that. I knew you wouldn't, which is why I included it. How? How do you live like that? But see, I actually do get that because I vastly prefer reading paperback to hardcover. I will read hardcover, but I actually prefer the reading experience of paperback because typically they're a little bit lighter, a little bit easier to carry around. And so I just like physically like the feeling of paperback. I really like better that hardcover. Hmm. But it, I'm not to the point where it's a pet peeve. I just, it's a preference for me, not a pet peeve. Yeah. I don't think I've met anybody that will only read paperbacks. It's kind of interesting. You prefer hardcover. I do. Well, that's because I can do things with hardcover books that I can't with my soft covers because I don't want to break the spine. So I can lay them flat on a table or uh, if I'm leaning back, I can prop them up on my legs and my mm-hmm. knees. Yeah. And I've got bigger hands, so I actually think I pref- think I prefer hardcovers because I can lay it <laughs> out more. I don't know if that's a thing, but... It's a thing for you, honey. I don't know. I'm just... <laughs> if I'm thinking about it, I prefer holding a hardcover book. I, I am just the opposite. I prefer paperback, but it, it's not to the point where it's a pet peeve over one or the other. But publishers are never going to not release I know. hardcovers. That's how they make their money. <laughs> yeah. Like the whole point of having the mass markets is that they had a successful run of the hardcover So yeah. in, in order to produce the mass market paperbacks. Yeah. That's how publishing works. Yeah, but I understand where she's coming from, especially if like that's really truly your preference. Okay, this next one is actually one of my main pet peeves. You go for it. I despise deckled edges. Now explain that to me, because I don't know if I understand what that is. Okay, so a deckled edge for pages is when the pages of a book 
are rough. So they're like uneven. So there's texture if you're looking at it from the side? Yes, it's textured and the pages are all uneven and rough and hard to turn. It's so rusty. Difficult to put a book dart in. So annoying. I can think back. I had a copy of the Odyssey um, from high school that was like that and I loved it. It's very, to me, it's rustic and vintage and I don't know. I just like the feeling of that when I'm turning pages. I do not. I like smooth pages. I find deckled edges really hard to turn. They're not the easiest. They stick together funky because of the way they're cut. But you don't feel like it's old-timey and classic? No, I don't even really like the way it looks. I... I do own several books that are deckled, but it's because the covers are so beautiful and gorgeous. So like I have a copy of Jane Eyre, The Wizard of Oz, um, and maybe a couple of other ones. They're the Penguin Classics Deluxe Editions. Ooh, fancy. They're beautiful. The covers are so pretty, but I just really hate the deckled edge. And it really, like, I like to put my book darts on the side instead of like on top of the page. Who puts book darts on the top of the page? I don't know. What sort of world would we live in? That would be another pet peeve of mine, I guess, is people who put book darts on the top of the page. But deckled edges make it really difficult to book dart. I think that the pages can sometimes be more delicate as well. They're easier to tear and Mm. rip because they're uneven like that. Mm. I just really don't like it. And I'm not alone. There were several people who wrote in on Instagram and said that they hated deckled edges as well. Well, at least there's other people that feel the same way as you do. Solidarity feels good. That does help. There was only one person who talked about breaking the book binding, by the way. What? There's got to be more than that. I feel like that's a thing that, well... I guess that makes sense. It's only for those that are obsessed. <laughs> we can do a poll if it would really make you feel better. I don't know. I I just want there to be more people like me. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. We'd be in for it. <laughs> this next one is interesting. There are quite a few people who really hate annotations in their books. I don't know if it's that they hate writing in their books or if they hate if books are already written in. Ruthann actually wrote in, she was like, why do people write in library books? And I mean, I agree. That's vandalism. That's outrageous. That's straight up vandalism. That's outrageous. A library book is public property. You should not be writing in a library book. That's straight up book graffiti. Look, if you're listening to this and you write in library books, shame on you. You should go to library jail. But annotating in general, people have really strong feelings about it. There are some people who won't read without annotating and writing in their books. Well... I'm of the school where if you write something down, you're more likely to remember something. Sure. So if we're doing like a, if we're reading to learn in whatever, a callback to a previous episode, then I'm more inclined to either highlight or put a book dart or write in it. But if I'm reading for fun or a book that doesn't really necessitate, Mm -hmm. then I'm kind of not for it. I'd rather have those books be clean yeah it it doesn't bother me if it's my writing i don't love reading other people's annotations no because i i like the experience to be fresh and new for me i do like when i buy a book and it's got an inscription in the front of it okay yeah like especially vintage books that's kind of cute oh like a love letter from somebody from the 60s where they're like (laughs) barbara this is dan i love you here's a book (laughs) i had a book like that i forget um it was from like the 1950s and there was like a little note inscription in there. And oh. Like, I love you. This is a book. I, 
I, I like those and I like owning them, but at the same time, I'm like, what kind of person are you that you got rid of this book? <laughs> so I have a book and on the front cover, it had an inscription. It was like, dear grandson, I love you so much. It was this really sweet note and it was like, love grandma. And I was like, oh, David, why did you get rid of this book that your grandmother got for you? <laughs> it was like a newish book. So it's not like it was a vintage copy that like she gifted him and maybe passed away or whatever. Like it was like a newer book. Like that broke my heart. But also I kind of love that I own that book now. Because <laughs> <laughs> really you just wanted to find David and shame him for selling the book that his grandma gave <laughs> But that's different from annotating. And I'm with you like I definitely if I'm reading a book for grad school or something, I definitely write and highlight all over. Or if it's just a book, like you said, reading to learn. But I, I don't necessarily annotate if it's just, it slows me down. So if there's a book that I just like, I just want to keep turning the pages, mm-hmm. um, I won't annotate. But if I want to slow down and specifically like savor the words or remember them for later, mm-hmm. I will. But it does kind of bother me to have other people's annotations. Me too. Something else that people mentioned in terms of physical book copies was and this one was very specific but i think we can apply it more broadly someone was like i hate that reese witherspoon ruins those book covers with her reese witherspoon book club stamp Damn. yeah but that applies to oprah's book club that applies to target putting their stickers on the front of it and sometimes those are hard to get off that applies to basically any like little sticker oh i hate stickers that you can't remove from the book but sometimes it's like a stamp so like the reese witherspoon book club one that's not a sticker that you can peel off like the target stickers you can at least usually remove pretty easily Mm -hmm. no it's part of the cover it doesn't bother me if it's a newberry award winner like the award stickers don't bother me Mm -hmm. but if it's like so-and-so's book club or now a feature film that's kind of annoying i've spent so much time with goo on just trying to remove stickers Mm -hmm. from books to make them look good i don't know what that says about me but it's ours oh it doesn't say anything that we don't already assume about you based on the rest of the contents of this episode dear if you needed more ammunition to be like you're a little obsessed with your books <laughs> it just try to clock the amount of time that i spend with goo gone trying to get stickers off my covers yeah yeah those can be really annoying they can really ruin a cover i mean are you is the book really ruined because reese witherspoon puts her stamp of approval well so and so would argue it was i it doesn't bother me that much yeah. like it, it is a little bit annoying, but it's not one of my personal pet peeves. But I mean, you're probably, some people hate those. I mean, you're probably going out specifically to find that book because it's on Reese Witherspoon's book club. So you shouldn't care. Oh, touche. I'm just, I'm just saying. Touche. But sometimes Reese Witherspoon p- picks a book after the fact, after it's been out for a while. But then once she picks it, if you haven't already read it and gotten a copy, well, you're out of luck because it's hers now. Reese has stamped it. <laughs> she has put her claim. Yep. (laughs) Okay, this final one is the king of all pet peeves. Overall number one. This is like, I had probably 15 people send a message that said that they hated this. And it is dog-eared pages. I hate it so much. Like, we're people. People love listening to the He Rich, She Red podcast. (laughs) Just let me get in your ears for a second. We have the technology. (laughs) We have the technology. 
here's the thing. I am pretty careful about not dog-earing library books because other people are going to read them. Mm-hmm. And that's not your property. Right. <laughs> library book vandalism. Um, Hashtag library book vandalism. <laughs> I feel like we could make this catch on. It might already be a thing. I will not dog ear pages of books that I want to keep in pristine condition, but if it's like a $3 paperback that I'm just taking to the beach and I don't really care that much about it, I'll dog ear a page. Or if it's a book that I'm reading for grad school and I don't have my book darts handy or like I just need to save some pages for quotes later, I'll dog ear. I can't. can't So I guess I'm the one annoying all these people. I have been known to keep index cards in every single one of my backpacks with the express purpose of if I have to throw a book in there (laughs) that I just happen to have a bookmark just in case. Like people, three by five cards exist. Use them for your bookmarks. There's no excuse for dogging a page. (laughs) Some people get annoyed when people use like receipts or other things for bookmarks too. Okay. Anything can, you can use anything for a bookmark. It's to mark just not a page. Just no, the (laughs) the pages are not meant to be folded down. We have these things called bookmarks that you can just put in the page. It doesn't matter what it is. I don't know. Here's the thing. We have all these pet peeves, but when it really boils down to it, I'm just happy if people are reading, if they're not going to be dog earing or flipping their deckled edges right in my face then I can get over it because I'm just happy that people are reading, period. I think it's the fun part of being in the reading community is that people care so much about it that these things bother them. That's true. It's it's, it's entertainment, most of all. Like, just yeah. being like, these are the things that you care about enough to make a stink about Yes. It. So some people wrote in about specific things that authors do that bother them or other, like, specific bookworm behaviors. So I think that we could very easily do bookworm pet peeves part two so maybe in a couple of months we'll revisit this topic and collect some more bookworm pet peeves yeah listeners out there if you've got more contributions or if you agree or disagree with any of the things we've mentioned feel free to contact us and then we can start this conversation yeah we're definitely eager to hear i mostly am hopeful that there's other people out there that care as much about their books and their bindings as much as i do for sure there's a lot of people who care about dog-eared pages Oh yeah, and that's a—it's not a close second for me. There's a wide gap there, but it's—it's it's second in my categories of things that are my pet peeves. So breaking the binding, number one, clear in uh, out in front, and then dog-eared pages. Yep, and then I'd say um, just having to have all of my collections match paperbacks and hardcover. I'd say yeah. that, that'd be my number three. Do you have a ranking at all in your um, head? Um, probably deckled edges are number one. Really. Yeah, I really hate them. I wish that we wouldn't do it. Movie covers really bother me. The rest of the stuff, like, I can kind of live with it. So, yeah, sorry. You know, listeners... You're on your own. Listeners at home are just going to think that I came up with all of these (laughs) and there was no contributions on Instagram. (laughs) I have the receipts. Okay, that's that's good to know. (laughs) Guys, I swear I'm not crazy. I just am particular. (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. Okay, Um, what are you reading right now? Uh, well, when we were getting to record this episode, I was um, finishing up Red Platoon by Clinton Romache. Um, I mentioned it in a previous episode. It's the um, nonfiction read for the month that I'm finishing up. Um, Clinton Romache was a staff sergeant in Afghanistan in 2009 um, and was awarded the Medal of Honor for his actions there. Um, I found it on Amazon 
from a seller that was on their like last copy and send it to me and i was pleasantly surprised that it was signed lucky day yeah so i'll shout out that one out there um and then i'm also on to the sixth book in the stephen king dark tower books um song of Susanna. so i am slowly working my way through i think my goal is to be done with six and seven by the end of the year Um, by the end of December by by the end of 2018 yeah because I also have to do um, The Outsider in October. So yeah. that I'll be picking that one up as soon as I finish Red Platoon. So um, currently reading for my fiction is going to be Outsider by Stephen King. I'm excited for that one. I think that I actually might read it after you. You've been seeing some good buzz about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are you reading right now? I have about 200 pages left in Lethal White. That was, okay, I was very shocked about how large of a book that was. I feel like it was a big step up. Over 600 pages. That's a big step up for for the other ones. They keep getting longer in true J.K. Rowling fashion. Yeah. It is amazing. It is my favorite in the series so far. I'm excited then. It's definitely a slower pace than some of the other ones, but that doesn't bother me because I love the characters so much that I just want to hang out with them. By the time that this episode releases, I'll be finished with it. I might even finish it tonight (laughs) after we're recording, but yeah, it's really good. And I just keep telling all of my friends that haven't read the Cormoran Strike series by Robert Galbraith that they need to read them because they're so good. Um, So I'm reading that one and... I am a little ways into Killers of the Flower Moon. There were these mysterious murders happening in Osage County, and the FBI ended up being called on to investigate. So Now, both of those I'm probably going to end up holding off until November, but I am going to be reading them. I think you'll really like both of them. Well, I know you'll love Lethal White because we both adore Corburn Strike, but... I think that you will really learn a lot and enjoy the reading process of Killers of the Flower Moon. I like the writing style so far, so it's a good one. Okay. Do you have anything to recommend this week? You know, I've been big into movie soundtracks as I'm riding back and forth to work. Mm-hmm. Like the big rage right now is A Star is Born, so we, we saw it and loved it. I, listening to that soundtrack, I just want Bradley Cooper to sit down and legitimately put out an album he's a talented musician and that's what i would want so my recommendation for the week is bradley cooper go sit down and make an album we will buy it but i think that people would enjoy the star is born soundtrack even if they didn't see the movie it's legitimately it stands on its own very good um lady gaga and bradley cooper wrote a bunch of the songs on it um and they're excellent cool what are your uh, recommendations for the week I just want to put in another plug for Audible. I've used Audible for years and years and have gifted subscriptions to other people. I think there's a lot of misconceptions about audiobooks, which we could probably devote an episode to. Listening to an audiobook is literally the same as reading. It counts as reading. Like your brain processes it the same it, way. Yes, it's... it follows the story the exact same way. That's, that's science, y'all. Yes, and just like reading, sometimes you have to train your brain to get used to it. So you can totally train your brain to get used to audiobooks. So if you have listened to one in the past and you didn't like it, find a different one, try a different narrator, but also like put some effort into it. Like you can train your brain to like them. I've gotten to the point where I listen to all of my audiobooks on like 1.5 speed because it's a brain exercise. 
If you would like to try Audible and try an audiobook, you can go to audibletrial.com slash he read she read and download a free book. It's no risk. Like it's super simple. Um, and that's a big way that I got hooked on audiobooks is the free trial of Audible. Uh, just some reminders about He Read, She Read. Our first buddy read is A Darker Shade of Magic by V.E. Schwab, and that episode will air on October 30th. Um, read along with us and then listen to the discussion. We're also going to have a discussion guide put out for that so you can uh, follow along with some of the things we're going to talk about. Uh, don't miss an episode of He Read, She Read by subscribing to our podcast on Apple Podcast or wherever you download your favorites. Please leave a review uh, in order to pass this link on to your other bookish friends, and that gets our name out there to other people that are listening. Um, we'd love to hear your questions and what you want to hear from us each week, so connect with us on social media or email. We're on Twitter and Instagram uh, with the handle at HeRedSheRed, and also email us at HeRedSheRedPodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, everyone. And remember, the couple that reads together loves each other in spite of their pet peeves. I love you so much that I don't break the binding on your books. I mean, I do break the binding of books, but I won't break yours.